Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, we're asking the big question, why are people buying these things? There's some survey data and some discussion that we can get into. Andrew, how's it going? Going good, going good. All right. Yeah. Why are people buying NFTs? Oh, they got to. No, seriously. I'm asking like, why on earth would you <laughs> do this? Um, macro, I'm looking at Crypto Slam and it looks like uh, the overall seven day, you know, it depends on when you're listening to this is down like 20%. Uh, but transactions are still kicking around, uh, I'd say. So, you know, I think we're beginning to see misleading numbers when it comes to sales as measured by dollar value, uh, volume, and and maybe we can start looking more at transactions. Yeah, I mean, we know that the dollar value is going to be uh, hurting compared to where it was when everything was just automatic. Each trade was just forexed uh, in terms of dollar value compared to what it is now. Um, you know, so that's that's going to be tough to to get back to. <laughs> we'll wait. It's fine. I'm patient. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, what are we seeing out there? Um, this was interesting to me. OpenSea co-founder Alex Atala. There's um, Devin Pinzer and Alex Atala are two co-founders of OpenSea, but Alex is leaving the company. He's going to remain on the board. I find this a little surprising. It seems like this is, you know, I know OpenSea had a, you know, tremendous year, but, you know, they are still facing some uh, some headwinds here, um, especially as volume drops. And, um, you know, a little surprising to see that right now. I don't know what to make of it, you know, can be a good sign to get new people in. Like what, here's what I, I do know about some of these games is like, what got you here is not what's going to get you there. Many founders are good at the build stage, but then just are out of their depth, out of their energy when it comes to getting the trains running on time. And it's just, you know, I think you're getting more into that phase of open sea being like legitimize and establish as a, as a player versus like upstart hustle. Let's create this new. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you could just need the time, um, for that to happen. So, you know, it's, uh, uh it seems like Denver Finzer, Devin Finzer has been more of the, uh, the face of the company among the, uh, the founders anyway. So, um, you know, maybe it's just time. So this one is interesting. We've got, well, I find this interesting anyway, but this company Bitmark has raised five point six million to launch an interoperable NFT wallet. And by interoperable, that means that it would actually work with multiple blockchains so that you could hold maybe your Tezos and your uh, uh, Ethereum and uh, Solana piece uh, um, NFTs all in a single wallet that would be uh, much more NFT focused than uh, maybe your MetaMask wallet where you can't necessarily see or you can't see your NFTs at all. Um, you know, we've talked about how we think that some of these things will be pushed to the back um, and that the the NFTs themselves will be what's featured um, or maybe you can sort these by artist and not have to worry about whether it's on FX hash or on um, or on art blocks. You know, you can just see that it is by that artist. So I, I, I think this is interesting. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, new wallets pop up and uh, this is a, sounds cool to me. Yeah. I, look, the investments continue to come. People are building. 
And, you know, I don't know if it's going to work, but I do know that one of them will. And uh, I like the functionality. It sounds like the right thing to to be working on in, in my mind. Yeah. Um, all right. So here's we've got another. Man, this was surprising. I think this has just come up, this report on how the Axie Infinity uh, network, the Ronin network was actually hacked out uh, for I think it's about 560 million. Um, and it was actually through a fake job offer originating on LinkedIn. Um, so this is by the Lazarus Group, a rather infamous North Korean hacking group. Um, but they infiltrated the system originally uh, with a fake um, job application. So, uh, you know, interesting that it's just, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting, but it's also, there's just so many vectors of attack and just gotta be careful. And, um, you know, you saw what this one did 560 million wiped out and this is how it all started. I believe this was chain analysis, uh, that put this report together. That type of vulnerability is terrifying, right? But so many vulnerabilities, I think people assume they are like people breaking the code. I thought blockchain is immutable. How are you getting into like social engineering is how like nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10 social engineering in some freaking way has been used to go around the fact that, yeah, the code is secure. You can't hack that part, but you can't hack the human or how highly hackable. Uh, I don't know how you defend against an attack like this. It's a, it's amazing, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm glad someone figured out what happened here, but you know, I'm not sure that it helps us much. Well, I think it does in the sense that you have to be much more guarded with machines that have the ability of God mode on code bases. That's the vulnerability, right? They were able to get a PDF installed, downloaded by a, a core developer on a computer that had uh, direct connection and access to God mode. So, okay, um, that, that, is, that is a path that you can pay attention to. And um, I don't know. Uh, they have only been able to liquidate about 200, 250 million, I think, of that amount because, again, the Lazarus wallet was like locked down in the sense that nobody would interact with it on major platforms. So they're having a hard time moving that liquidity. So there is some sort of like, they didn't just take the money and run. Like some of it is in purgatory. And don't worry, it's worth a lot less now than it was when they acted. <laughs> a lot because you hacked it, numb nuts. <laughs> All right. We've got this, uh, this last article here on a bunch of uh, new crypto phones. There's been, we, we mentioned this recently, but there's, uh, looks like there's three different phones out now. Um, did you have a chance to look at this more? So we heard the Solana announcement, I think that was at NFT NYC, uh, talking about a, a native phone, Polygon, and a company called Nothing. That is actually their name. It's not Nothing. Well, I guess it is Nothing. Yeah, it is Nothing. Uh, Polygon and Nothing creating a, uh, a phone based on that. And also HTC Desire, uh, is, is, uh, HTC Desire 22 is talking about a native blockchain uh, based phone I, this is this is awesome right like this is hardware getting into the game because clearly like and we even see it in our own uh discord there's an incredible amount of frustration with folks that are choosing to do this on their phones and interacting with frankly like very clunky poorly done web interfaces for trying to provide security as well like i'm i'll just be honest i'm like terrified of using my phone for crypto stuff for many reasons. I like, I think it's like 
I'll just give this blind advice, like go buy like a burner laptop rather than use your phone uh, on the side. Like don't buy your next affordable NFT, buy an affordable machine to buy your next affordable NFT. Yeah. I mean, I love that this is happening. You know, we've seen that it's, it's clunky right now. Um, trying to do crypto on, I mean, I'm an iPhone user. It's definitely clunky trying to do that. There's an open sea app. Of course you can't actually shop using the app. You can't buy and sell because that would be transacting. Um, and if they're certainly not going to be paying, uh, Apple, uh, a 30% cut of, of transactions, um, you know, the other, if, when you, if you do try to, uh, confirm transactions from, uh, from a browser, oftentimes you'll be taken to the app, uh, install page for MetaMask rather than to MetaMask to confirm the transaction and doesn't work about half the time. So there's a lot of issues and, you know, we're not, we're seeing that the major uh, companies, at least Apple, um, I believe Samsung have not been very open to, uh, to adding these features into the, the native OSs at this point. So. You know, it's, it's good to see that there are, uh, competitors working on that. And, you know, I think at some point it'll, it'll urge the others to, uh, to make some moves. This is a random question. Would you ever get a, would you ever get a crypto specific phone in addition to your regular phone? And maybe we're using the wrong, Probably. maybe we're calling it the wrong thing, right? Is it not a phone? Is it a wallet? Right? Like it's, I have a wallet in my pocket and I have a phone in my pocket. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could see that, especially when we're talking about security. I know, um, I, I know there are a lot of people that you know have even said that they will have a machine that they do their crypto on, and and then their their other machine. And you know, I think it could get to be that um, where you've got a crypto wallet that you know it's it's a hardware wallet that has a lot more capabilities than what we're used to in a wallet right now. Um, yeah, right. But maybe we're maybe we are thinking about this in the wrong way at this point. I mean, I put it in the news because I think it's something to watch because also, frankly, the thing that you're also transacting and using is NFTs as utility in the sense of real world IRL, the same way that I do like, hey, here's my, or you use Apple Pay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an Android guy, but you're using near field communication to communicate. You have access to a certain thing. How far away from that, you know, is the... Uh, what I hear a lot used is this like option for, you know, your, your frequent user, how many coffees have you bought from your local store, how, you know, NFTs become IRL needs this bridge. It needs the hardware bridge as much as we like to keep everything in the, uh, in the online. I think there's, uh, interesting that this many players are building this way. Um, very, very positive sign for, for, I think, NFT adoption. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you know, just having this native ability, you know, hopefully more security and just like you said, being able to use those, those wallet aspects a little more, uh, easily in the real world. All right. We've got a affordable project that was brought to us. Who in the community brought this to us? Cause I don't think this is one of our, oh, this is block balance, block balance brought to this, um, brought us this one in the discord mentioned this, uh, and I think it was maybe two weeks ago, um, got it out well ahead of time. Um, but this is a project called Memories of a Masterpiece by the artist, uh, Amber Vittoria. Uh, so this will be minting shortly, uh, after, uh, after we release this anyway, um, listening, uh, you know, as these come out, uh, it's minting on, let's see, Friday, July 15th, there are 999 pieces. They're minting at 0.09 ETH. 
Um, so, you know, definitely an affordable piece, a relatively small collection. Um, she said the link is just going to be dropped uh, via Twitter. Um, it's there's some previews of the piece i really like it you know there's it's it's art there's not uh, you know much uh, utility or a roadmap promise here but it's uh you know it's a cool piece it's a relatively small collection um and it was you know thank you to block balance for bringing this to us i'm excited about this one i just after checking out a lot of her, her other work and and what i've seen of this one it looks great do you know if this is um hand done generated what the approach is on it I actually do not know. I believe, I don't think that it's a generative art. I believe that they are more, um, created in this way. Um, and I thought that was part of the small, relatively small collection, but that's a, it's a, it's a good question. Now that you say that I should, should know that. And I see that she's got a book coming out with Andrews McNeil. Uh, scheduled for publish in early 2023. So in the world where that drums up more attention and availability, like that's an interesting play as well, that there's like a future bit of marketing uh, for her, her work uh, that that is planned into the future. Uh, I, I definitely like to see that with, with artists rather than, you know, I'm experimenting, I'm just doing this one time, goodbye. Like um, suggest validation. Yeah, I'm looking at some of her, her work that is on OpenSea as well. And, um, you know, she's sold pieces um, in a few different collections. It's, it's you know, got the same colorful style as this new collection, but it uh, doesn't look like there's actually much available to uh, to collect right now. Um, looking at, so her final forms collection, um, just a, a small collection of 50 pieces has a floor of, of 1.2. Uh, so pretty strong floor there. Her Embervatory's artwork collection. Let's see, that's a floor price point one two five on that one. So you know that's uh, that's you know just a little bit over what this is. So you know I think that's what may end up happening here. I think it's uh, like I said, I think it's cool. That she's got more work coming out, and um, you know I think it's you know just an opportunity to get in at the uh, the mint price for a new collection um, with a you know artist that seems to have be pretty. Um, that is producing a lot here. <laughs> awesome. So again, that's on uh, the fifteenth. That's that that's going to drop. You think? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it should be the fifteenth. I think it's. I don't know if we have a time on that, but we'll uh, you know have the link in the show yeah. notes. Show notes, Discord. Awesome. This is this is great. Uh, this looks really interesting. This is the kind of stuff that I feel like during the boom cycle, like this time, you know, last year or even like four months ago, this would have been like gas war look at this new artist coming out and you're like oh cool can't can't go near it uh but you know this is the type of quality that you can potentially pick up yeah absolutely and there's also something that like puts my mind at ease when the utility is the art and like looking at the artist and supporting the artist it's not like okay when roadmap when am i going to get my jersey sent to me when am I going to get my like, let's, uh, frustration? You're like, I get it. Expectations. <laughs> you made art. I, it looks good. It has this meaning. You're a poet. That is it? <laughs> That's cool. All right. I got you. You're going to keep doing it, right? Like your identity is aligned with this. And it's very much so um, if you look at her, if you look at her full resume. All right. You ready? ready? You ready for the big question? Yeah. Well, okay. Like, you got the answer? Why do people buy NFTs? Drum roll. Are you ready for this? Money. All right. I don't mean to, I don't mean to undersell this, uh, <laughs> but here was a poll uh, that, you know, a, um, 
well, digital asset discovery platform and they just like pulled their Twitter users. So like, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, but Dexter Labs does this and they get uh, these responses and essentially, you know, 64% of folks said money, right? Uh, said money. I think there is more interesting information in the other side of this, right? Which, you know, for those of you doing math at home, 36% of people are doing it actually to collect digital art, community and flex and access to games or tools. So it's not all about money. And that's actually like, if you really look at it, um, I think a healthy signal that there are the utility side and not just like, oh, can I make more money here? But rather, how do I, you know, think about this from the art perspective, the community perspective and, you know, gaming and access. What did you see in this? Yeah, not, not a huge surprise. Um, I mean, I think in most cases, I, I would, you know, I would guess that people probably buy it, buy NFTs for multiple reasons. Um, you know, money is certainly, you know, it's hard to ignore that money is a big part of this. You know, that being said, you know, if you're buying right now, I mean, you clearly think that it's going up, but I think there's also something to, you know, you're sticking around here and you believe in the, the future of it. You know, it is interesting to see these other reasons, you know, community and flex, you know, that that's, it. of course, the, the flex part is in there. Um, seems to be so ingrained with, with crypto, um, you know, to collect digital art and then access to games or tools. And, you know, I think those are interesting. And I think that there's still so much more and, um, you know, maybe coming. And I think there's probably still other reasons out there that people are, are already collecting for, you know, in, in terms of other utility reasons, but I also think that some of these can, some of these develop over time, you know, what starts with, you know, maybe, you know, it just came for the money and then all of a sudden, you know, like, well, I've, you know, actually started to really enjoy collecting some art or, you know, going to community events. And you know, I, I, I think that is cool. I think, you know, that it is, there is 36% saying it's for something else. And I think, you know, no matter what, if you get into the community, you can, uh, you can find some crossover and find other reasons to stick around. I think if it were just money, it wouldn't work. That's what I believe. There are many things that, you know, I think people do for, for just money, but that in and of itself is a, you know, it's called a job, right? If I, if I were, if I were in this to make money, I would just, well, how do I make money? I go do my job. <laughs> and I, I've begun to realize that like, yeah, if I played this particular game right, I will, you know, hopefully lose money. Ideally over time, it will make money it, and it shouldn't be a, you know, a sinkhole. And I mean, on the bad side, it shouldn't, what I'm concerned about sometimes is uh, turn into a gambling problem for people. Um, Cause I do know that there are a lot of gamblers in the game. Uh, but I think the, the rise of how NFTs are being used for that, you know, that art, that access and the, and the community, um, less the fly, the community in flex is like, I, I, I would have wished maybe that they separated those because I think the, the sort of flex is about showboating. It's about social signaling. It's about basically a display of wealth, uh, as a proxy for success and yeah, community is different. different. It's a different freaking thing. Yeah. So I, uh, I might've done that differently. Yeah. I, I agree with that one. Um, oh, I just came up with a great idea for a company. Um, and if it's really good, we'll just, we'll, we'll just cut that, cut that, cut that out, cut that out. Um, how about this? Uh, because this is obviously a very poorly done poll. Uh, what if we just put together uh, an NFT-based polling company where we just like do various types of uh, sentiment and understanding analysis? I feel like there's a world there. Yeah. We mix, mix opinions with data. I think, I think there's a lot, lot there. 
Yeah, I'm I'm too busy to do it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at that little list, okay? <laughs> Where we come up with companies that we probably should start instead of doing podcasts. No. Mm. False. Why do you collect? Uh, well, I think I've been told that it's about sixty-two percent of the time for money. No, um, you know, <laughs> obviously, like the, there's, you know, the money side is a big. You know, it's hard to ignore. But like I said, I think there's multiple reasons. I mean, I when I got into it, I really liked the idea of digital art. Um, and it's, you know, I, I was more, I gravitated more towards, um, one of one art because I found it so interesting that it could be in the whole chain of it, having the history of it and having this medium that was, um, just a new way to do that. And that was, that was really interesting to me. You know, of course, at the same time, I thought that when I was buying these, you know, I was buying them at a price that, um, you know that was a good price to buy at and that it would be worth more later on, you know, so I, I don't want to completely separate those two things, um, you know, but it's, uh, certainly not for the, for the flex for me. Um, you know, and I, I don't know that I, you know, I, I, I get into some communities, but it, I don't know that that's a big, a big driver overall for me. Um, you know, I really like the, I, I like seeing what comes out of this and I really like that it's kind of a, seeing what comes from this intersection of, of art and technology and, and, and finance and bringing this all together. And it's been interesting. And I, I, I like being able to play with it and have found so many different reasons to stick around in different communities. Um, so maybe there is some community part to it, but I, I don't find myself necessarily always the, the most active participant. Um, but you know, that's, that's a, I mean, I think it's a, a bit of a long winded, uh, answer. Um, but you know, if I was given a, a poll like this, you know, I'd probably, I'd probably claim it was to collect digital art, at least on that survey. Yeah. I feel like I, I came in certainly on the games angle. I bought NFTs to play a game. Horses. It was fun. Zed run. And, you know, it, it was fun for parts. It's been fun at times and less so at others. And actually I'll, I'll, I'll say is like the, the money made it fun at one point and made it unfun at another point when the market dropped. And I was like, well, the thing was still fun, but money can ruin shit. And so I think, you know, that's, that's a hurdle that every NFT game is going to have to figure out how you create a certain stability, uh, in, in your marketplace and don't, and don't let things sort of run out of control. And that can be very hard to, to control and monitor. Uh, because you're in a, an open market and people game it, whales come in, FOMO sets in, you know, scarcity uh, can play a role in the game pieces that then blows up when, you know, you have breeding and multi, uh, multiplying game pieces, but not a multiplying audience to buy them. Like it's just, uh, it, it's hard, but I, I came in on that. And then I think you really, you brought me around on the, uh, the digital art. And then we also, you know, ironically by, <laughs> buy NFTs to get access to tools to analyze our NFTs um, or, or, or to wine subscriptions. Uh, but I've really enjoyed the art piece though. I, I am captured by the idea that we are in a digital renaissance that will be looked back as this amazing turning point. And I am a firm belief that, you know, the next Picasso is sitting right in some silly corner of OpenSea right now and can just find them. Maybe that's the wrong sense because that's money driven, but it's exciting in the sense that um, our, our next memorable digital artists are, are coming up right now. And we see some and have celebrated some like the the Beeples and Pac and uh, X copies. Like they're, they, you know, you can see them beginning to define the genre. And so it's just fun to, to sort of be a part of that. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I found that I've crossed over into so many different areas, um, you know, and I hope that there are uh, these areas, the reasons that people come in are still expanding because, well, I mean, for one, we we sort of need more reasons to bring people in, but I also think there's there's so much still happening and so much developing in the NFT space that, you know, this this is going to look um, sort of silly in a, in a few years. Well, we'll figure it out. We're going to start that NFT polling company. We're going to start the NFT polling company and you have to, you have to sign it to prove you have a digital wallet. It's not just a, a random Twitter press a button. And we'll get to the bottom of this. All right, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Thanks for sharing the thoughts there. And, uh, you know, drop into the Discord, check us out and leave a rating, please, on whatever you happen to be listening on. I'm not sure why I say leave a rating. Like, you don't have to. I wouldn't mind if you did. I don't. Really, I'll go read them. How about that? I'll I'll go read them. <laughs> yeah, help. Well, you know, help in the Discord read that. How about there? Uh, the more ratings we get, the more alpha I'll I'll hustle to find. But I think we do a decent job through through a bear market. And um, and you are true. I just want you to know, listener, because you're at the end of an NFT podcast during a ridiculous bear market. You're a degen. You earned it. Huzzah! Hey, congrats. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.